growth requires more than capital. Why do we call it the cheat code? Nobody said growth had to be fair. Revenue solves everything. Welcome to the cheat code. What was our fastest path to revenue? We tend to like to do things the hard way. What's the cheat code? It's giving yourself an unfair advantage over the others. What is it that really works and how are we going to grow these organizations? That's our cheat code. Hey, welcome back. Once again, you are on the cheat code. Uh, of course, I'm Justin Gray. I'm just going to scratch Josh from being the co-host of the show because he's always... <laughs> on a damn vacation somewhere. So uh, once again, Sean Kester joins me as co-host. Sean, thank you as always. Thank you. Glad to be here. And uh, so today we are joined by a super interesting guest who obviously speaks to a topic that we deal with day in and day out. So I'm happy to uh, welcome and announce Gabrielle Blackwell to the show, also goes by GB. She just says she doesn't care which one we call her by, so we'll try and switch that up and be be confusing here. Um, but Gabrielle, thanks for joining us. So you have been, I mean, your track record is, is awesome. You've been at Gong, Airtable, uh, saw CloudWords in there. Uh, and currently, uh, you are leading, uh, sales development over at, oh God, what, what, a culture app. Sorry. Space it for a second. Um, as well as putting out a newsletter, which is a super difficult thing to do with as much noise as we're always inundated with these days. So number one, congratulations on on all of that success. And thank you very much for joining us. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. And I'm glad to be here. So as we were kind of doing a little bit of uh, background dive and so on, uh, the topic of playbooks came up uh, with you, which is a super interesting one for us. We try to leverage playbooks with our portfolio companies. And I find that oftentimes when we interview leaders for sales roles, you know, tend to verbalize that they have a playbook. And then suddenly that's about an inch deep um, and, and, you know, a thousand miles wide in terms of actual substance. But you've been actually able to leverage this not only in sales, but in your personal life. So I'd love just to get a, as we open up a quick definition on uh, what a playbook means to you. Yes. And I think as we were having the kind of conversations leading up to this recording, when I think of um, the effectiveness of the playbook, it's going to be dependent upon what the strengths are of the person that playbook is for. So I started off thinking about playbooks from, um, I basically was, I was an SDR and I was like, I want to be really successful. And in order for me to be successful, I need to understand the, the patterns of success. So as I was um, failing, but as well as I was generating success, I would just write things down that worked. Um, it could be we have a conversation with a specific persona. And so I notice that they light up every time we say this phrase, right? So I'm like, cool, this phrase mm-hmm. I convert very highly for this persona. Let me write that down. Um, or when I notice that somebody says this specific keyword, it typically means there's a bunch of problems that we can solve over here. So I really just want to take note of what are the things that open people up to conversation? What are the kinds of things that open people up to sharing problems that we can solve for, hopefully? Um, but really, it was more about I need to have a guide for making sure that like uh, now that I know what's working and what doesn't, let me start to do what works more often than like what doesn't work. And so I think that, that that's really what a playbook should be in service to. It shouldn't just be a bunch of things just to do it. It shouldn't just be like, OK, make 40 calls just to make 40 calls. It really should be, hey, here are the patterns of behaviors uh, that generally lead to success and here's where you can start off from. Playbooks can morph and change depending on the person and what their strengths are, but that to me is really what a, a playbook should be in service to. 
And when you spelled it out with that concept, it sounds like that came from kind of more of a tactical, you know, the, the, the role that you were playing on a daily basis. How did that concept kind of manifest also into more of the career and just life side of the house? Yes. So I think there you can have a playbook for like the very tactical things that you're doing. Let's if you let's say you're in an individual contributor role, but it's the same thing as a manager. Like uh, when I was at Gong, one of the things that would happen in conversations with my manager and my skip level as well is like, hey, like, what do you think that you are expected to do in this job? And I was like, I don't know. Isn't that your job to tell me? <laughs> so I could never get a straight answer from them. Um, and so what I started to do was really just like write down what was working for me really well. I'm like, okay, if I start, if I do these things, then here's like more often than not, 80% of my team is going to be successful. If I don't do these things, then my team's not going to be successful. So these become my sacred activities that I always do. And it really was a matter. It was just like kind of here are my responsibilities as a manager. Here are things I absolutely must do to support my team. But there can also be a playbook from an individual level, right, in your career. So for me, it's like, just take again it's a taking note of what works for me specifically and that's going back to the individual playbook so for me i know um all right if i'm working for somebody who is very in the weeds let's call them micromanaging and it's not gonna things are not gonna go well right so like i'm not going to deceive myself in believing that that is going to work for me i'm just going to say hey, listen, this is not my ministry over here, but here's what is. Like, if I have these kinds of things in my working environment from like values to leadership style to the culture to the processes as well to the level of like ambiguity compared to structure, then if I have a greater sense of awareness of what kind of environment I need to be in to be successful, the more often I'm going to be in, in environments where I'm being successful versus if I'm not paying attention to those things. So um, I, I can... Like I have a, a like a binder for myself. It's about this thick that has like personality assessments and notes from my coach and notes from books that I've read of things where I'm like, ooh, I love this. I want to implement it. Let me test it out. Let me try it out. Let me see, did it work right or or mm -hmm. the intended result or not? So I think it's very much taking a scientific approach to generating success. And success can be. Right in your in your IC role in your manager role, it can also be in the the long like the longitudinal view of your career as well. Yeah, I love this idea of a playbook, and I, I think first of all, congratulations for identifying um, that that was something that could help you early on. And I've seen a lot of people do this, and what I've seen them fall short is this idea that it's a living document, right? And so the cadence or uh, the repetitiveness in order to go back and kind of refresh these things and have them grow over time tends to get difficult because it is a lot of work and it has to be something that you're very intentional about. Can you tell me a little bit about what your cadence is for that and how you keep yourself kind of honest to that process or to, to that pattern? Yeah. And I mean, I I, I want to say like it might be different for each person. And um, like I'm thinking if you're in an SDR role, it's kind of a little bit more like faster pace compared mm -hmm. to, yeah. okay, I'm thinking about my career, which is going to be like, you know, so expansive. So, you know, as a, as a rep, it'd it be like a, like once a quarter kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And I'll say this, uh, a company can give me a playbook as a rep and I can follow it to a T. I'm going to be honest, more often than not, I believe, I believe that if a company is giving you a playbook, uh, it's probably not going to work for you. It's probably something that was built for one, like one kind of person mm -hmm. with specific strengths set who talked a very specific way. And here's me who's like, all right, I am not somebody who comes from a majority background. So like, I'll take this and then I'm starting to think about, okay, 
this is the baseline and it's going to evolve over time based off of me learning. So the only reason why this playbook would, in, would not evolve is because I'm not learning. And if I'm not learning, I'm stagnating. So there's something terribly wrong in that situation. Right. But right, if I'm an icy role, it's probably it's like once I'd probably say once a quarter revisiting and going back and looking at, all right, like let me look at my metrics. Did I, did I hit the minimums? Did I hit a little bit more than the minimums that I needed to hit? Like, and and what happened? Where are opportunities for improvement? Is that all right? Hey, I'm starting to see that certain accounts with certain attributes convert really highly. Okay, like how much more do I have in my book of business? And so like I'm really going to double down on that in the in the following quarter. So I feel like that's the the once a quarter. As a manager, I might look at this like uh, once or once or twice a year to revisit and just go, okay, like I came up with some theories as to what I thought was going to be successful uh, in terms of um, how I'm making hires, uh, how I'm coaching, like what my coaching behaviors are as well. And um, like, I, I don't want to switch it up too, too much, right? But maybe like, okay, like once every six months, we'll just do a quick little moment and go, are things working for me? Yes or no, right? In the way that I thought they were. And if not, then I'm going to make some adjustments and I'm going to check again at the end of the year. Um, and then from a career standpoint, I think for me, it's it's honestly been like one job at a time. So I don't necessarily have a time limit to it, but it's like, all right, I'm in, I'm in my job and maybe it's like, okay, it's been, it's been about like six months to eight months. And I probably have a sense around the six month mark. Like, did I make a good decision in going to this company? Yes or no. So it'd probably be like, okay, like if I'm coming up on a year and this, and you'll see this in my uh, on my LinkedIn or on my resume, like I come up with my one year mark and then I leave to go somewhere else. I probably knew around the six month mark and work out. And so I'm, I'm trying to like make it work in that company. And if I can't make it work, then I'm like, okay, cool. How do I optimize? Like, how do I just take my lessons learned from this organization and make better decisions for the next bet that I'm going to make for my potential employer? Yeah. It makes sense. I, there's always this weird chicken and the egg problem with these, these activities, which is you know, there is a tactical side to things where you, you can start figuring out, hey, that message resonates for this persona, as you mentioned, and so on. But a lot of this is really about the person knowing themselves and like taking that yep. intentionality, as we talked about, in terms of like, hey, this is what works for me. Mm. How am I going to, you know, leverage those insights, but frame them through through who I am as a person? And I'm just wondering, you know, like getting started is always the the big challenge, right? Like, I'm wondering if like almost putting pen to paper enables people to learn more about themselves and then that kind of goes through that cyclical process. Like, cause I feel like a lot of people are like, well, I don't, I don't know what my preferences are in terms of a company or like a role. And I never really sat down and, and given that thought. Do you find that just the act of trying to formalize this process will, will lead to that insight? I, I think having some kind of um, like practice can be very helpful. So it, yeah, so when, I, so when I think of a practice, it's almost like a reflection practice. So I, I'm I'm like reflecting on conversations I've had with folks that I've mentored or people that have um, been like direct reports of mine. Um, and it's not necessarily the 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 scenario of thinking about your career as a whole, but let's say I have someone on my team, they were underperforming. We come in, we start to identify like what's going on. We play some bets, and they their performance turns around. Right. And I'll go, hey, Sean, like you're having a lot of success right now. You're you're generating more opportunities than you ever have. Like, what do you what do you think is contributing to that? And I, and I tell them, I'm like, the only unacceptable answer that you can give me is I don't know. Right. It's the only, so I like so what I'm really trying to cultivate in people is um, I, I, I just want you to come up. I want you to get into the habit 
of creating a hypothesis for why you're for for how you are generating success, right? It might not always be the case quarter by quarter, but if you can say, hey, like here's why, like here's my my best educated guess as to why I think I'm being successful, it's going one, you're going to continue to do that versus some people will be like, oh, it was a fluke. And now I'm going to regress and do all the things that didn't work for me. And you're like, why would you do that? Why would you stop doing what's working? Like that happens all the time. But I think this, there's also the second part to that that I stress to them, which is uh, there is something really, there's just something about somebody who can clearly articulate what's working for them, even if they're not doing it, because it inspires confidence in other people. So I'm like, hey, if you want, if you want to have the opportunities that you want to have in your career, whether opportunities is like earning opportunity, like earning potential opportunities, title opportunities, like flexibility, independence opportunities, whatever it is that you value, um, one of the best things that you can do for yourself is to inspire confidence in other people. So like if I'm asking you the question, hey, why is this working? And you go, well, I don't know. I'm like, well, who is this bozo? Right? Like versus, hey, like here are the three things that I'm living and dying by that are working for me. Right? Because then you can yeah. now communicate that to other people and you've started to like elevate yourself as a professional. I, and I know I like just kind of went on a tangent there for a second, but like. I, I think that these are the things that I think about, which is just sometimes going back and asking yourself the question of, hey, this thing worked. Why? Like, why do I think it is that it worked? Even if I'm not 100% sure, it's better than being 100% uncertain. When you have a new new teammate join your team, do you mandate that they do this or do you give them any sort of template or anything that they can start from? I mean, I'm sure you have these conversations with them, but like, yeah. is, there a, is there a framework that you're like, hey, listen, I know this is a lot. Like here's an example of something or here's a framework or how do you get them started? Yeah. So I I do have, I think it is important to give people direction to begin with. And I also share a caveat, which is, hey, like, I expect that you are going to make this better. Like here, here's what we, here's what I have to offer you based off. Cause it's like, all right, in this, how this thing was created in the first place is all the reps before you giving feedback, sharing what's working, sharing what's not working. We're testing, we're trialing. So like, this is and this so this is a living, breathing thing. So I'm like, I'm gonna give this to you now just so that you can feel just so you can feel confident in something. Like, all right, I I I feel I'm getting a sense of confidence because I am following instructions. And so I'm successful at following instructions right now. Cool, wonderful. Now I follow the instructions. If things are working, awesome. Keep doubling down. But it's also like, eh, but I feel like there's an opportunity to get better here. So like, and this could just be in one-on-ones. It doesn't have to be like once a quarter. It could just be like, hey, I've been trying this thing out for three weeks. I'm not getting the results that we expected. Um, and I want to try something out a little bit different. Cool. Awesome. Like, tell me, and how are we going to test that out? And how are you going to know that it's working or not? By the way, try it out for two, three weeks minimum without changing up a bunch of other stuff so that you can, so you have some controls in your experiment as well. So, um, so to answer your question, it's like, yes, I do get some guidance, but I'm like, hey, like, here's a recipe for success. But like uh, me as a cook, uh, I loosely follow the recipe and, and make it. So I, I do empower my reps. I try and empower my reps as much as possible of like, just at the beginning, like, let's just build up some consistency, some discipline in what we're doing, knowing full well that it's going to evolve. And I want it to evolve because I want you to make it better. So in, in terms of, you know, your, your focus, I mean, for the majority of these roles, you're dealing with what an area of the organization that a lot of people view as kind of a revolving door, right? Like it's a step yeah. stone to another role or 
it's not a good fit and you're out the door. What what do you think about in terms of the horizon for improvement in relation to playbooks? Like both in the, the short term as well as like long term, or like once someone really embraces this process, what are those types of uh, of improvements that you've seen? Again, short term, longer term, you know, may, maybe even from a career perspective. I've usually gone into organizations and they don't have anything. Like we don't have a playbook. We don't have anything documented and reps are just out here in the wild, wild west. Mm -hmm. So it's usually like first step. That's the first quarter that I'm in. We're just documenting what we think is going to work. Right. And also the teams, the reps might not even have sequences or sending out whatever. So it's like, all right, let's create just like some foundational item so that we can start to test. So I'll, I'll kind of share out an outline to begin with. And I, again, I tell them like, hey, this is just a starting point so that we can start to create a system that can evolve and iterate and scale over time. Um, and so then we'll probably spend about six months like testing the messaging out, testing out the talk tracks, building up on the skill development. And maybe even before six months, it might be like three months and one of our reps will go, hey, listen, I've been trying out this messaging and I'm just not getting the hits that I want. And I go, that's okay. That's totally okay. The most important piece that we're supposed to get back are data points that'll inform us on what we should be investing in more or where we should be iterating a little bit more. And so then they'll try things out for like one quarter, two quarters. And all of a sudden we've got, they'll say, hey, listen, like here's what here's what's actually working for us. And like, okay, well, I want you to document it, right? I want you to document it down. I want you to enable the team. I want you to run a session. I want you to record it as well. Um, and so, so we're, so let's say maybe like really in one year, we've gone from having nothing to having some baseline, some standard to six months later, having something brand new for a playbook. And so we're just going to go through that over and over again. Right. What about for you? What about for you, I guess, professionally, as you've grown in your career, how have you seen the playbook help you? Uh, in what specific ways has it helped you when you, as you've kind of matured and gone from overall? Yeah. Um, so I'll, I'll speak to my experience as a, a manager. Well, how about this? Uh, so when I was in SDR, I came up with a playbook for myself. And it was like, it's just something where what I, what I found to be really helpful is um, the less I need to like think, the better. Uh, and, and so because I'm like, I just want to save all my energy for the conversations that I'm having with prospective buyers. Um, and if I'm wasting all of that on like, what am I supposed to be saying? What does this mean? I'm just, I have decision fatigue. I'm not going to be as productive as I could be. And so when I started to create this playbook for myself, what I started to notice was, all right, the reps that I came in with, like they were, they started to hit their quota, but like I hit my quota three months before they did. And by the time they were hitting their quota, I was producing three X more than they were producing. And then also I, so now I'm not, and I'm also the top performer, but I'm also mentoring everybody else. And I, and I have opportunities that they don't have. So this is what I tell my team all the time. I'm like, it's so important to have something where you can say, hey, like I, number one, you're creating a system to operationalize your success. Um, it's going to hold you accountable, but also there's going to be moments in time that are going to happen. You're going to be talking to a VP or um, an executive leader at the organization. And they're going to say, hey, listen, you're, you, uh, Justin, you figured this out. And like 50% of the team has not. What are you doing differently? And you have the opportunity to really wow somebody. Like that's a high stakes conversation that can go one of two sure. ways. One, you can look like a total idiot. Or two, you can look like a total rock star. So I'm like, 
So this is why I asked my team, like, hey, like, why does this work? And the only answer that's unacceptable is I don't know. It's like you're going to be in a position where somebody who can offer you up more opportunities than you'll know what to do with is going to ask you, how are you solving this problem that everybody we haven't figured out? And all of a sudden you are like, you know, exactly you know exactly what they need to hear to make a really great impression. So um, I, so I think this is this is what I've done. It's what's helped me be a top performing like individual contributor role, whether it was an SDR or an AE position. It's something that helped me get promoted from an IC position into a manager only two months at the company. Um, it's also something that's helped me out a lot in like getting 15,000 subscribers on a newsletter too. So it's like, all right, I, I have a level of conscious competence that and am able to understand the nuances as well. Um, so much so that now it's not just me being a really great employee it's now I'm like oh I like not it's not just me being a star now I am a star cultivator like break it down love that term yeah so it's it's so like I'll tell my reps now I'm like hey listen you know like I'm I'm like I was you can't tell me there's a better cold caller than me like in the world you can't it's not right but I was like but here but I'm like but I'm a much uh as good of a cold caller as I am I'm a much better creator of cold call stars so I'm like let's just stick with my strengths and I Right. So, so that, that mm-hmm. is like, that, that's how it's helped me out. It's like, it's just helped me progress in my career and have so many more opportunities uh, than if I was just like, all right, well, I'm doing a good job. But I don't know why. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I'm curious to have someone be successful and not know why. Right. I used right. to tell that to, to my SDRs when I ran team too. Yeah. I mean, but it happens all the time. Like you go, there's something, it's like a, it's like a, the analogy for sports, but like you have, uh, I remember my, my sister, she, um, so we, we went to the same high school, but we're six years apart. So, uh, we both played basketball as well. Um, by the time that she was in high school, different coach, um, and that coach was like an all American all-star or like all of that, uh, terrible, terrible coach. And it was like, what happened? They were so good as a player. And it's like, and that's where their skill set ended. Mm-hmm. Like, they don't actually know how to help people literally, and they don't know how to help people be great they just they only know how to be great super prevalent in in top sellers transitioning into a sales leadership role because that's the only path that they thought they had to to go down there so yes very 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 common i'm curious what is the most surprising thing you've learned about yourself as a result of this process i don't know if it's like surprising uh i mean surprising but it's honestly it's a gift which is like I, I can't just work anywhere or for anyone very particular in terms of what I need to be successful at an organization. And when I didn't know the importance of that, I ended up working for companies or for bosses where it's just like so much stress, like unnecessary where it started to take a toll on my health. Mm-hmm. And so once I really started to understand, okay, like here's what I need to when I think of being successful at work, it's just more like, okay, I'm just the right, like I'm, I'm having a good time and I'm doing go- a good job, right? Like those two together. Um, and I think once upon a time, I used to think, oh, it's just me performing really well in the job and that's it. So um, I, I think if anything, the most, yeah, the most insightful thing that I've learned is just like recognizing my own needs within a corporate space from the culture, from my boss in terms of how we work together, um, but also in terms of what how much support they're able to give to me so so same you know kind of following question there like what's the top trait you'd look for in 
a boss or a manager then? Yeah. Um, I think for, I, I think for me, it's just um, someone who can attune to their people. Cause like what I need, is not going to be what the next person needs. So for me, I'm like, all right, I need somebody who will, uh, cause I, I, I want to, I want to get in and I want to make things better and I'm a change agent. So if, if you just say, Hey, GB, I want you to just run through this task list. I'm going to go, I'm not the person for you. Mm -hmm. Right. And like, and if you try and if, if we try this back and forth again, um, cause I'm, uh, as my mom would say, I'm really hard headed and super stubborn and I just don't listen to people. Um, so it's just like, I'm not going to change. So I, I think when, when leaders are able to like adapt and attune to what the individual needs are of that person. So for me, it's like, all right, uh, are you somebody who trusts your people, right? Like you're going to give them the opportunity to experiment and to have that, like to have autonomy. Of course, there's accountability that's there. It's important. Is this somebody who has really, who's a, an effective communicator and a strong collaborator as well and stresses that. Um, as well as somebody who I think that I means honestly shares values with me, which is um, team oriented. Like I grew up playing team sports. Uh, I love being on a team. Um, and yes, I love having a team, but I want a strong team of peers too. And mm -hmm. or like that leader to facilitate conversations between us all so that we can learn from each other. So I, I think those are the the big things for me that I that I value the most. But I think probably the most important one that I'm start your you asked me this question like made me just realize it right now a really strong change manager oh my god working for people who like don't know how to manage change well is the worst oh mm. god so i let me know when you find those folks because there's not <laughs> but i was like that is so important yeah the, the and the amount the recognition of the amount of time it takes to invest in change just from a literal you know logistics and like how do we reinforce this over you know in a highly competitive manner over time in order to get something to stick is, is something a lot of people discount without creating just pure chaos right oh it's always <laughs> yeah yeah i've seen it so many times they're like all right we're gonna have this big change and i'm like okay like you said that this big change is happening in two months what are the plans like we need to we need to know the are before we roll it out and it's like day of and finding out about what the changes are the same day as the reps. So I'm like, this does not inspire confidence. Mm -hmm. Roll me under the bus, why don't you? <laughs> <laughs> so in terms of advice for like, uh, I almost don't want to ask the question because I feel like the answer is obvious. But like, what, what advice do you give to someone that like, obviously hasn't been through this process before and is, is looking to adopt it and and, and realize some of the benefits we've been talking about here. Yeah. Um, I realize I don't know if the answer is just get started. That's what right. yeah, I think. I think <laughs> just do it. Just do it. Yeah. I mean, you just you, uh, take action, um, uh, take action. And, and also, you know, just it's like be, um, it's like be aware, right? Like, so I'll, I'll tell my reps things. So when they, when they're first starting off, usually, uh, there's a level of, there's a, a strong level of insecurity because they're just like, I'm new in the role. I don't know what I'm doing. I I'm saying things. So I don't know if it's going to work. They just haven't had enough. They haven't experienced success enough to be like, okay, like ugh, I got it now. Um, and so what I tell them is I was like, the most important thing is just do the work. And then, um, because the work is what we're going to give them the work is we're going to get data points. 
right? So, and, and just recognize like the first cold call that you make in this role is going to be much different than the cold call that you make three months into the role, which is going to be much different than the one you make in six months, nine months, 12 months. Like it's just going to be so different. But the most important thing that we can do is just do it. Uh, and so that's part one. And then like at my job, we have uh, call recording software and like call analysis stuff. And um, we can see all the emails being sent. And we've got all the data to show us like what are the things that need improvement. Um, and so I, I think so if it's like, all right, hey, like get started. The next part is like understand the benchmarks. So like, how do you know when you're doing something really well? How do you know when something needs a little bit more attention? So understand like the numbers and how that influences your performance. And therefore you're able to kind of triangulate what needs the most attention or what has the biggest opportunity to open up any bottlenecks. Um, and then I think after that, it's like, okay, well, I know if I do this thing, I'm getting this result. I want to get a different result. So that means I need to do something different. Right. So it's, you know, just being open to doing something different. But the caveat that I'll I'll share with this is anytime that you're going to do something different, um, only make only do something like one thing different at a time and stick with it for at least three weeks. Yeah, it truly is an experiment, right? Like right, use all yeah. the variables at once and then you, yeah, and it's a cluster nonsensical thing, right? Um, but also the importance of giving it time to actually see the results. So I do see people say, all right, well, this isn't working. And so I'm going to try something different. And they try something different. And then the next day they try something different. The next day they start. And I always use the analogy of like, listen, you trying all these things different is like drinking all types of different alcohol one night. It seems like a lot until the next day you're out, you're just on the floor and you can't move. So like, it's like, yeah, don't, don't give yourself the worst hangover possible. Just like stick with one thing for, for a little while and then reassess. Well, I mean, at the same time, on top of that, you don't know which ones are working on any level, right? I mean, you can't scientifically or even practically, you can't understand that until you've done it for a certain period of time. So, yeah, I just used to change one thing at a time, right? Like, yeah, don't change one. Yeah, I think people are like, oh, well, I want to, like, this isn't working, so I'm going to change it for tomorrow, and they don't get the results they want right away. Mm -hmm. And then they're just like, oh. they get a false positive, right? They can yeah. get a false positive. They're like, this always works, right? It worked on the first yes. one, it should work for the next 10. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, the importance of statistical significance. So I right. I think it's so important to understand the data. Um, and and I and I think that's something that's also helped helped me a lot, right? So um I had like a data practice and then it's it's gone deeper, like thanks to friends and mentors and amazing people in my life who supported me in my development and in my growth. But like understanding the data is an absolute game changer. Yeah, you mentioned call recording. You know, like, I, I don't know if there are still orgs out there that don't call record, but there certainly are those that don't listen to those recordings. I think like such a valuable tool to to leverage. Oh, so yes, it's just it's like played sports. It's game tape. So it's like, why would you, if you know you're making a mistake, right? One, some people don't even realize they're making a mistake, and then also, and this would be for like any rep, right? Like if you're like, oh, like this call was so good. And you're not having other people with more experience and the ability to coach and enable you. Um, if you're not having them listen as well, and you're just like, all right, I'm doing a great job. And if someone were just to go, hey, Justin, like if you were to just tighten up your opener, you'd probably you'd probably like get ten more conversations this week. And if you, we already know you you book two meetings for every ten conversations you have, like that yep. that that adds up really quickly. So. 
change your opener. <laughs> like totally. literally, like, yeah. hey, like make one, make a, a five second iteration change and that has a huge impact on results over time. Yeah, those different perspectives are, are again, just such a table stakes resource that a lot of people just don't don't fully leverage. Oh, I'll say one more thing because uh, this is my little what really grinds my gears moment. Uh, there we go. So, at, uh, well, I realized, okay, consider a LinkedIn influencer. There's a lot of people putting a lot of content out there, right, about like what works and what doesn't work. How And so I think uh, what I see a lot of times is reps are just like, oh, I saw this thing on LinkedIn, so now I'm going to try it. And right. well, it worked for this person over here. So therefore, it's going to work for me. And I have to tell them all the time. I'm like, please stop putting everything you read into practice. Like just because you read it online does not mean that it's true. <laughs> so this is where, again, like having that kind of scientific, uh, like kind of experimentation approach to this all can also hold you accountable so that you're not just like, oh, well, it sounds cute. So therefore it must work. Um, but I think this is this is really starting to get into like the critical thinking part of things. Like, right. Really be like, uh, let's be critical in our approach um, not necessarily critical of ourselves, critical of our approach and our process. Yeah, makes makes perfect sense. GB, really appreciate the the conversation today. Uh, if folks want to subscribe to your newsletter, know more about you, what are the best channels for them to reach out there? Yeah, just come on to my LinkedIn page. And I've got the little hyperlink under my name that says subscribe to my newsletter. So just that follow me holler at me i love talking to people so just reach out over linkedin also well once again thanks for joining us enjoyed the conversation super tactical and and actionable advice so again re really appreciate it yeah thank if you guys you. Are just joining for the first time please give us a, a beautiful follow a subscribe it helps us out greatly and we'll see you on the next episode of the cheat code